Hey everyone, welcome to Revolutionary Health. Um, I am so... This is a heavy, a heavy day and a heavy moment, as you uh, probably have gathered from our promotions. You know, we're going to be uh, touching on a very heavy topic this evening. Um, so I just wanted to just kind of frame that before we even went into introductions, just to kind of uh, set expectations. Uh, but with that, um, I'm grateful you're here. As always, I'm Charles Stevens I'm with the County Native Project. The County Native Project uh, builds power among black gay men and works in coalition solidarity with all movements committed to social and racial justice. And I'm joined with... Uh, my name is David Malbranch, internal medicine physician, public health advocate. Um, pissed off man right now. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, but we really invite you to share this discussion with us, right? Um, we invite you to ask questions in the comment box. Uh, we ask you to share your thoughts, to reflect, to react um, to what's happening, and we'll, you know, and just have this conversation together. It's a, you know, again, it's a heavy, heavy topic. Yeah. And so we're going to just you know, just try to get through this together. And so we're here this evening, we're here this evening to talk about um, another body, a body of another black man has been found in the home of Ed Buck, mm -hmm. Ed Buck in LA. Um, Ed Buck is a uh, donor to uh, a number of causes, including LGBT causes. And another black man has been found in his home, right? And this is the second one. Um, Jamel Moore was found um, in his home almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so there's been another body that's been found, um, another black man. I don't believe his name has been released just yet. No. Um, and so the information is still kind of trickling out. And as always, as we learn more, we'll, we'll definitely share it out. Um, and also for folks in the comments, if there are <clears> things that you know of, you might have heard. I know people are following this, especially with the following the um, arrest Ed Buck hashtag. Please let us know. There might be some breaking news. So we invite you to share that out. And shout out, shout out to uh, Jasmine Canick, who's been doing a lot of great work in LA to kind of bring this around to people and bring the attention to people. And she kind of organized uh, one of the protests outside of Ed Buck's homes just to make sure uh, that it was being brought to attention. And it's just been kind of interesting to me because, you know, you have this story where this. Uh, older white man who's 64 years old, I believe, yeah. um, has a 26-year-old uh, black gay man die in his apartment, and they just kind of yeah. sweep it under the carpet and said it was an accidental overdose. And then you're hearing all these stories. You're reading his diary. And after an investigation, right? And after so an investigation, investigation yeah, they just kind of swept, swept it under the carpet. He didn't get charged. He didn't have to deal with anything. And now this is happening again, and there's yeah. been conflicting stories about how old this brother was yeah. who was found on Monday night. Um, but it's similar circumstances. And, you know, his lawyer's just saying stuff like, well, these are unfortunate circumstances where people didn't have handles over their own lives and it's interesting because you're thinking to yourself does lightning really strike twice Does lightning strike twice and let me also say one of the things that i've heard a lot of folks in our community saying is that no one really cares about black men no one cares that this can happen and it just demonstrates that our lives aren't valuable and and yes that is a reality that part of living in a white supremacist culture part of living in a culture where there's this um uh, persistent anti-black violence is Yes, um, we are absolutely under attack. We've it's been the case historically since we've gotten here. 
But there's also been a community that has emerged. There are folks in L.A. that are on the ground that are really right. fighting for these brothers, that are fighting to bring justice right. to the situation. So with that, I don't think it's fair that we can say that, you know, that our lives are, that, you know, people are dying in vain as if their lives don't matter because there are those of us, there, are, there is stuff that's happening. We just want to make sure folks know that. Yeah, there are tons of people on social media, tons of people on the ground in L.A. doing a lot of important work to make Absolutely. sure this man is brought to justice because they're opening up the investigation of Jamel Moore yeah, now. For a yeah, yeah as, a, as a result of this, because it, it really takes it getting to this point. And I kept thinking to myself, well, what if this was a what if this was a black man and it was a white two young white gay men like yeah. he would have been convicted and already in jail before the second white man could have been found. So it's just it's really interesting. But I think your point is a good one is that we have to acknowledge that our lives are worth something and we have to keep pushing for that because if we think that our lives aren't worth anything and we're not going to take our steps uh, via social media or whatever form of protest or attention or sharing this story with people is going to take um, then why should anyone else care about us? Absolutely. Uh, so Trey Trey's world joined us. Hey Trey. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. Trey's Trey's world. Yeah. Um, Hello. So a lot of the, the coverage has been about sex and it's been about drugs, right? It's been about those things. And so folks are, there's been a conversation about, you know, uh, framing it around those two elements. And, and yes, those are key pieces, but I also see this as being about racism. Very much so. You see this about being racism, the, the kind of power disparity between this very rich white man and, and these black men is, is so is so huge, and I just think that it can't be ignored. And in a lot of reporting, um, particularly in some of the mainstream reporting, I just haven't really seen enough discussion around racism and how that is a factor in what's yeah, happening. Yeah, and they're not going to talk about that just because that's not what the white media really talks about. <laughs> um, they're going to focus more on the, the narrative that I'm hearing as a result of this Ed Buck situation is not what an awful uh, racial predator of vulnerable black gay men that uh, Ed Buck is, but instead they're saying, well, meth is a problem in the black gay community and we need to deal with this meth epidemic. And I'm thinking to myself, yep. yeah, that's a yep. part of it, but we were talking before we mm -hmm. came on the show and whether it would be meth or crack or mm -hmm. opioid or yep. weed, whatever it was, you could insert drug or Let's no drug. Vitamins. It's <laughs> Yeah, it could be vitamins, but you still have an older white man who is preying on vulnerable financially, yeah. um, socially, uh, sexually, black black gay men who are sitting there and are falling prey to what he does. And you could even read when yeah. they were um, publishing some of Jamel Moore's diary oh. entries and just how heartbreaking because yeah. he even predicted his own death he predicted at some point. Death. Like yeah. he was worried that he was going to die because the guy kept giving him uh, drugs and kept him hooked on drugs. You could tell he was in a cycle of addiction mm -hmm. where he kept having to go back. But let's not get it twisted for a second. This isn't about just yeah. meth among black gay men and a rallying oh. cry to say, see, black gay men use meth just as much see. as white gay men. Like stop with that shit. And let's talk about what's going on where white gay men fetishize and objectify young black gay bodies and take advantage of vulnerable situations to exploit these men and use them for their sexual gratification. It's disgusting. It's been going on for as long as any of us have been alive. Um, and the problem is, is that now it takes a second black gay man to be dead uh, in the same similar circumstance, the exact same circumstance, for us to actually rise up about this. Like, you didn't hear a lot of outrage after Jamel Moore died. You didn't hear a lot of that stuff. Um, but the problem is that now there's a second one. And there shouldn't have been an opportunity for Ed Buck to actually victimize another black gay man. But here we are. One. Yeah. 
Uh, we have some folks joining us. We have uh, uh, Trey says, time is up for ignoring violence on gay black men. Absolutely, Trey. Yes, sir. Um, Jay Bernard says, hello. Hey, Bernard. Hey, Bernard. Um, Quentin Robinson says, Charles David, thank you for doing this. It's way too important to be swept under the rug. Um, oh, and Trey says, <laughs> it's Trey, uh, hey, uh, yeah, just representing CMP. Um, Bernard says, another ongoing narrative very similar to Defenders of R. Kelly is that these were prostitutes, in quotation marks, and they knew what they were getting into as if to say they deserve what they got. Right. Yeah, right. and I've heard that too. Yeah. That people, um, David, what do you think about that? So the narrative about like that, you know, the, these uh, they, they shouldn't have been in the first place, or they should have. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. It kind of ignores everything. But then again, yeah. like I, I, I was, we were talking before we came on this evening, is that the constant narrative, particularly with Black gay men, and both of us have done work in public health mm -hmm. around HIV. Um, I know you've done a lot of work around meth and some substance abuse stuff that's gone on. Um, in the black gay community and the narrative usually goes particularly with researchers and academicians they'll say stuff like well this is all happening and then blame the victim well what did you do why were you using drugs so much i watched a webinar the other day where one of the white gay researchers asked the question why do black gay men use drugs so much and i was thinking to myself why is that the wrong question that you're asking? And nobody called him on his shit. And nobody said, well, maybe that's not the right question we should be asking. Mm. Maybe we should be asking, why is it that most of these academic circles and these institutions that do these research studies are kind of um, manned by white gay men, racist white gay men, objectifying white gay men that take advantage of, a, of the money that's coming in from black bodies, from black suffering, and then exploit it. And you'll see white gay men that often I've, I've heard of recently some white gay men who were prominent researchers that have, have been like thrown under the, the bus and thrown under the carpet because they have done some kind of immoral stuff. But they're the ones that are actually the purveyors of this research and of these findings. And they always turn it back to black gay men as if we have some kind of intrinsic or genetic pathology that we can't just help ourselves. And it doesn't allow us to actually look at the context. Similar with R. Kelly, like yeah. you saw people defending R. Kelly immediately. It was absolutely disgusting. And what made this more disgusting was that we were seeing this happening right on the tails of that surviving R. Kelly thing. And I saw people rise up about the R. Kelly thing, yeah. and then you see this kind of relative silence. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking to myself, I'm not going to be comparing both of them or comparing Absolutely. and contrasting or saying one is worse than the other. They're yeah. both bad. We're seeing yeah. the exploitation, objectification, and killing of black bodies over these kind of power dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we need to be vocal about all of it. Trey says, we are the most desirable beings and also the easiest to throw away. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the way society um, looks Bernard at Bernard says, the reluctance of many, especially black gay men, to confront the racial, racist component of the Ed Buck, um, Jamel Moore, unidentified victim narrative comes from two places. He goes on to say, um, Jamel's story came out two years ago, although they focused on him being an escort, mm -hmm. um, completely ignoring the fact that uh, Ed had drugged several black men and took advantage of them sexually mm -hmm. um and so um bernard goes on to describe but it you know I, I mean i absolutely think that there's something in our culture like part of the part of the mm, just fucked upness of racism right. is i mean there's something about um you know uh, in the public health especially like i think they prefer black men as abstractions mm -hmm. so we're objectified as statistics like mm -hmm. we only exist in numbers mm -hmm. right and i think that what that does is that it robs 
it robs them of even having empathy for us. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if it's the sort of desire to appear objective that there can't be empathy, but I, I think that that's part of the logic of how it all works. Well, the irony of all that is that a lot of the white researchers actually have black partners. Uh-oh. And so there's really an interesting <laughs> thing with that. I ain't going to get um, into all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into it either, but I think it's a, I think it's no, an it's astute real. observation that that's a real thing that happens. And so... Like, literally, there was one researcher that I met with, and I was, I was talking to him, and... um. His strong affinity for black... It became clear in how he was interacting with me like that. He's used to interacting with black men a certain kind of way. Right. And I was like, oh, I get it. You think I'm like the other people you interact with. And your commodity and your to be had. Right. Yeah. He has like, you know, like this very powerful researcher. And I was just like, oh, no, this isn't that kind of... And these are the the liberal (laughs) ones, too. These are the liberal ones, And so you have to be careful with this. And this is just the way liberal racism can be very insidious. These kind of liberal men that are sitting there and then preying on black bodies is just as dangerous as the used car salesman that's sitting in the White House right now and kind of what he does on a daily basis against black and brown people. And we have to, you know, we don't, we haven't really told the truth sufficiently about the history of racism and racial violence in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago and still really now where, you know, we we were being denied the ability to go into clubs and bars. You know, I remember, you know, there are certain still. establishments in Atlanta yeah. where you go into, you get racially profiled. And still now, still, still now. now. Well, now the, what they do is instead of instead of demanding, what, five, five six forms of ID, ID right. they'll, they'll put up signs and say no baggy clothes and no baggy pants. No hoodies. No hoodies. Right. Exactly. And that's how they. So it's still the same kind of Jim and Jane Crow process. Right. And I mean, ultimately, I think that there's a day of reckoning. Like, I think we are at a day of reckoning with the LGBTQ community about the anti-blackness about, um, you know, racial equity, about, like, all these things, because we've been talking about it for a while, but, it, I mean, it, there's th- we ha- there has to be something that has to change. Yeah, racism mutates over time, so it finds insidious ways to kind of get away uh, from the more covert or overt uh, ways in which it's been manifest and kind of sneak back into these covert things with dog whistling. Like, mm-hmm. 45 in the, in the White House, he does it all the time with um, his little dog whistles that he says and these little code words that he does because he knows that people hear them and they know exactly what it means. And, you know, it's just, it's sad because I think, you know, there have been three things that have coming coming around big in the past, like, week, two weeks. And one was the R. Kelly thing. Two was this whole fiasco about Kevin Hart. And then three uh, is what's going on with Ed Buck right now. And I have watched um, Don Lemon on CNN, who has a huge platform. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. (laughs) But I'm going to call you on your shit Uh right now. uh Uh-oh, You're sitting there and you're basically... Well, Don, I still like you. (laughs) You're you're basically sitting there and you give stories about surviving R. Kelly and you bring women on and you talk about that. You talk about Kevin Hart. Oh, my God, you must talk about Kevin Hart every night as if he needs to be our only ally and we can't forgive him for not wanting to be our ally. And yet these two black gay men are dead, one in July of 2017, one just this past Monday, at the hands of a Democratic white gay elder donor, and you're going to sit there and not mention anything about it in your show. I don't understand. And he was saying to Kevin Hart, the irony of what Don Lemon was saying was, Kevin, you have a platform. You have a voice. You can say these things. And so I say to Don Lemon, take your own advice. You have a platform. You have a voice. You're a black gay man on the biggest motherfucking news channel on cable TV, on CNN. Why aren't you covering these stories about dead black gay men at the hands of white racist men. And I, I don't understand. And I also want to invite 
if you're watching this right now, tweet to Don Lemon. Just like David did tweet to him, ask Don Lemon, why is he not discussing this? Why yeah, is he not covering this? I tweeted to him and CNN mm-hmm. and but, I asked I mean, him. all of you, if you're watching this right now, please stop what you're tweet. Well, keep watching, but also make sure you tweet or Facebook or email CNN, like, why are you not covering this? They read their tweets. So, yeah, they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. Um, we have, oh, the comments are blowing up. <laughs> so Morgan says there are more victims out there. Absolutely, Morgan. I totally agree. Um, uh, Bernard says we have to confront we have to confront our own obsession with the white gaze. We like to think we are separate from it, but far too many of us are willing to do most anything white men ask for. Or demand. All right, but that's kind of going off. Um, <laughs> Go Trey ahead, says the racism in the LGBT community. Now that's not needs to be untangled. And let me also say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be don't diplomatic as much as I can on this. How do I put this? Put it the way Charles Stevens would there, put it. <laughs> um, I don't know if the audience. I think that there is sometimes a greater platform for you if you want to attack black people, even if it's a righteous attack, right. than the platform that will be available to you if you want to attack white supremacy. Um, I think in a way, to go after Kevin Hart, oh, and easy. I think he absolutely Deserved. should have been held accountable, yeah. um, I think there's sometimes a bigger platform for that than for those of us that actually want to call out Kevin Hart and white supremacy or whatever. Um, so I think that's real. Like I think sometimes even the the powers that be, the gatekeepers, and how they make certain uh, platforms available to us is based on are we serving their interests. But Ellen forgave him. Isn't it all good now? You know, I didn't see the Ellen show. Did y'all see I, it? I didn't. Did y'all see? It. I didn't watch the Ellen show. I just saw the headlines. I don't watch the Ellen show. I'm sure she's lovely. I may watch the episode eventually. But um, our comments are blowing up. Um, <laughs> Trey says, yes, come down, come down, Lemon. And also, I mean, Don Lemon is our brother. We just got to bring him home. Don yeah. Lemon is absolutely our brother. Don Lemon is on CNN because black gay men have fought and died literally so that we can have those kinds of platforms. I don't know if Don knows that. But, I mean, you know, yeah. he's not, I mean, I I don't know how he, why he thinks he's there or what, how he understands his position, his role. But the reason why he has that platform is in part because black gay men have been fighting. You know, people like Keith Boykin and Cleo Monago mm-hmm. and, um, so, and, well, gay by SGL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of our brothers have been fighting for those kinds of platforms. Uh, you know, certainly David, like people that have been in the media for a long time, have fought for him to have that platform. Because he wouldn't be on that platform if it wasn't for the people that came before him. So he needs to, um, we need to call him home. Yeah. Um, Quentin says, had a conversation with a friend about allies, in quotation marks, the other night. And she said that she doesn't like the term because it's a sign of privilege and power. Hmm. Another term I've heard, instead of using allies, use the term accomplice. Okay. Um, and, I mean, y'all are amazing. Earl Earl Benjamin says, agreed, facts. Um, and uh, Morgan says, preach David. Yeah, David, preach. I don't know if I'm going to preach anymore. You, know, you, you got it all out? No, I got some. We need to have you in Don Lemon. You need to be on Don, Don I would Lemon's show. I've been shit. on Don Lemon's show sure. in the past, but it was about World AIDS Day. But I, okay. I do think he needs to be held to the fire for his own words of what he says to Kevin Hart and how he keeps Kevin Hart. Because he literally spoke about Kevin Hart for about 15 minutes. And this was, I think, either Monday or Tuesday night when the story broke about Ed Buck. And, got and CNN, is, got CNN is notorious for doing breaking news. Like, every five minutes, CNN got some kind of breaking news going on. But yet they ignored this breaking news, even though the, the L.A. Times, like, all these reputable uh, news sources. And actually, Fox News was presenting the Ed Buck story before CNN has it. was also on the Georgia report. What I, what I would say is this. This is not just about Don Lemon. It's about many of us. And when we get these platforms, right? Right. When we get these platforms, I believe that we have responsibility to use the platform 
to 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 speak truth to power. I think now I know that you know uh, the thought is you know when you get in the door when you when you by the time you get in you know they're not gonna let you. But I'm like, well, why else are you there if you're not there to advance your people? Um, why do why is it okay for there to be people that have these platforms that we don't hold accountable? And there was a wonderful video by um, George Johnson mm-hmm. wrote a, a wonderful or did a wonderful uh, blog video. Um, talking about the Ed Buck thing as soon as it came out. Preston Mitchum has been on it. So a lot of the voices in the black SGL gay community have really been speaking up, and both these guys have a large following on social media. So um, I just thank them for the tireless activism that they both do uh, and the voices that they lend to us and kind of the different angles that we can take from this. And so if you're watching out there and you're thinking, like, what I can, what can I do? because you don't think there's much you can do. You know, this is our platform. Yeah. Um, Charles runs the Counter Narrative Project. Alvin, Johnny, we all do these wonderful things yeah. to try to push things forward. And we can all bring attention to this in some way, but you can bring attention in your own way. This is a day and time where with social media, we can all have a voice. And so if you're complaining about no one cares about the lives of black gay men, then get out and say something. Share a news article. Uh, blog about it. Do a short video about your opinion. You never know who's going to hear you and who's going to want to feature you and what's going to bring more attention to the story. Because they're going to want to sweep this under the carpet. And his lawyer, Ed Buck's lawyer, has already been saying all the right things to say that it's just this individual's fault. And it just so happened that he was in Ed Buck's home a year and a half after, you know, Jamel Moore died. But that's not the case at all. So we can't allow them to do that. We can't sleep on this anymore. Absolutely. So there are a few things happening that if folks want to get more connected, I would suggest uh, definitely follow Jasmine Canick on Twitter. She's been absolutely amazing, breaking news, and just kind of keeping folks up to date with what's happening. I would also say... Uh, follow the arrest Ed Buck hashtag. There's a lot of um, news that's coming out of that, so mm-hmm. make sure you follow that. There's even a, um, a petition uh, as well. Uh, Johnny, what's the what's the petition? Oh, Alvin, <laughs> I think it's Justin for Jamil. Johnny has the headphones on. I think it's called Justice. Yeah, Justice the number four Jamil G E M M E L dot org. Justice mm-hmm. for Jamil. There's um you know a lot of um action and energy happening from that. And, you know, just, like, stay connected to the counter narrative. We'll try to, you know, keep folks updated the best we can. So make sure you're following us on Facebook. You're following us following us on Twitter so that you're um, able to kind of, um, as, as we know more, we'll share more. And there are black gay organizations in almost every city um, in the uh, country. Justice for Jamel. Oh, I said, it all, I said it already. Yeah, generally, <laughs> justice for Jamel, yeah. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> We have a time delay here, though. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's gay, black gay organizations. So, like, support some of your local black gay organizations. Donate to the cause. And even if you don't have a black gay organization in your city, start with a group of people together. How do you think gay men of African descent started in New York City? How do you think Thrive SS or He is Valuable started in Atlanta, Georgia? A handful of people got together and said, hey, we need to do something about this. There's a problem. So you don't have to wait for the organization to be created or be existed. You can actually start the organization yourself. No matter how small it is, even Michael Gibson up in Detroit, I saw his uh, the group that just got together for the Black Bears in Detroit, and baby, he just said he started it as a small little sit down dinner, and now it's this huge organization that attracts a lot of people. Michael so you, started a movement. Yeah, Detroit. Michael started a movement. So, hey, Michael, you don't know you don't know what you can start, what one voice can start. And people, we always talk about how systemic racism, institutional racism, but a lot of these institutions and systems are run by people and individuals. 
And so if we if they have power within these institutions to wield that, we have power as individuals of the communities to actually fight back and do what we want to do. So you have to have your own agency. And if, like I said before, if you're complaining that other people don't value the lives of black gay men, then we need to show them how valuable our lives are so that they believe it. Because if we don't believe it ourselves, then why the fuck should we believe that everyone else in society will think we're valuable? Oh, it has to start with us. We should also say that if you know someone that... Mm, knows Ed Buck, or if you know someone that might, um, that he might have, um, how do I put this? If you know someone that's Take in that network with Ed, with Ed Buck, yeah. please tell them to come forward. Please encourage yeah. them. I, I know it's risky. It's always hard to um, to, 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 to say these things, but um, we, we know there's obviously more people that he's been involved with than just the two. So, I mean, if you know people in your network, if you know people that might have even, like I think someone uh, was saying that Ed Buck bought his plane ticket, um, right. So if you know people, please encourage them to go forward. This isn't, you know, I I don't know where the, the investigation will go where it goes. Right. Um, so I'm not, you know, I know that all the, I don't, he hasn't even been officially charged or anything. So, right. I mean, all this is, you know, so I'm not even trying to, like, indict him, essentially. But I do believe that there are people that have information that he's, you know, that, that know stuff. So, you know, please tell him to go forward. And also, you know, just in general, I think that this, and I know I sound probably hokey when I say this, but we really have to love each other. Right. Like, I mean... You know, when CMP released a statement, CMP released a statement on Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning, uh, just in solidarity with folks in L.A. that are doing, you know, bringing uh, Ibuk to justice, but just about all the all of what's going on. And, you know, we closed with a poem by SXM Phil for my own protection. Right. Um, one, because that's like our anthem and two, because we just couldn't think of a more appropriate uh, way to capture this moment. And I mean, I think part of what part of what the poem is calling for is the, the urgency of of. That we have to, our survival is depending on on, on 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 each other. So you know, please reach out to folks in your network if you haven't talked to somebody in a while. Just see how they're doing. Um, I mean, so many of us. And I think a lot of this kind of stuff, this sinister stuff, thrives when folks are feeling isolated. Right. And so we have to be stronger than ever. And I think I would also say, in addition to, if any of you guys out there know anyone that's been victimized by Ed Buck or taken advantage of by Ed Buck to come forward. Ed Buck in, Al in L.A. is not the only Ed Buck in the United States or the only but Ed just Buck. That. Or the only Ed mm -hmm. Buck in the globe. Yeah. So there are Ed Bucks in Atlanta, Georgia. There are Ed Bucks in Jackson, Mississippi. There are Ed Bucks in New York City. There are Ed Bucks in San Francisco, California, and Chicago, Illinois. So if you know that some of your friends are getting involved in something, and again, this is not just a meth issue, so I don't want to get this twisted and say, if you have a friend that's strung out on meth, no. I'm going to break out the PowerPoint slide. It doesn't have to be just about meth. <laughs> yeah. It can be because we're vulnerable for other reasons, whether Absolutely. it be financially, socially, just downtrodden with all the racism and homophobia and bullshit we got to put up with every day. If you see somebody getting exploited, by an older, and it doesn't matter whether it's a white man, it can be an older black man, it can be an older Latino, an older Asian, but somebody that's using their power dynamic to take advantage of somebody else, yeah. speak up and try to save your friend because it literally could be the difference between life and death. Uh, we have a few more responses. Um, Bernard says, is there room to discuss how some of the other victims of Ed Buck have come forward in the press and on video? Um, I would just say that I think a lot of the conversation is happening through the uh, arrest Ed Buck hashtag, so I would probably 
kind of direct folks to kind of use that um, in terms of like helping to organize. And also the Justice for Jamil uh, website has um, contact info, has ways for folks to come forward. I think it actually asks people to come forward. So I would also encourage folks to go to the Justice for Jamil website and it's in the chat box. Um, Ian Bernard kind of uh, echoes what you're saying. We know there are ed bucks in Atlanta and all over the country. This isn't isolated to LA. Not at all. Not at all. And there are some of us that could have very well been Jamil. You know, I mean, so many of us have been in situations where we've been explored or might still be in those situations, like David said. So it's just important that we really just, you know, hold, you know, hold space for people that we reach out to folks. And I'm, I was chuckling a little bit, not because any of this shit is funny, but because I think of the term epidemic that we use a lot of times and we use it to discuss and pathologize things around sexually transmitted infections around HIV, particularly around black gay men. We love quoting the statistic. Uh, every black gay man has a one in two lifetime risk of contracting HIV. We love quoting that statistic, but how about the epidemic of white supremacy, white racism, white exploitation of black bodies, uh, using of the power dy dynamics among older men and younger men. All these kind of things are happening and we're not saying things about them because it doesn't fit neatly into these kind of like quantitative p-values and confidence intervals and all the statistical analysis that we like to splash all over the media but these are epidemics that are happening every single day it's only that ed buck has gotten caught twice now happening but i guarantee you there are tons more victims that are out there i mean how many of us overdose on racism right every day every day uh jer says one of the latest things i've heard is the current victim was 55 years old as if that should make a difference in him being it doesn't killed um, yeah, I think with the second, I think that reporting's been, I, I heard, I think first it was reported that he might have been in his 50s, and I read some say he was in his 30s, but you're absolutely right, Jared, it shouldn't at all make a difference, although what I will say is that when I was reading, when I, when I initially was understanding him to be in his 50s, I thought, that is also an important conversation because we associate vulnerability with youth, but I think there's also, you know, vulnerability when you're, you know, a black gay man of a certain age, you know, there's mm -hmm. a way that, you know, many of us, um, particularly over 40, over 50, we may feel very disconnected, isolated, you know, very is isolated mm -hmm. and that's real too. Um, and yeah. I just uh, want to kind of end with one of the last things I want to say is that, you know, there are choices that people make uh, because they're, they're they're out of desperation or, or vulnerability. But even if you're making choices just to have fun, like it's like this is just how you enjoy yourself and this is just how you, um, you know, this brings you pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that 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 also I think um is an important component of like how we think about certain kinds of vulnerability and, and that um you know I, I don't want to just be like you know all the people that you know someone does sex work or someone uh, uses drugs just right. because you know out of desperation or, or you know it could be you know that might just be you know uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be associated with like path pathology mm -hmm. ultimately and we're all vulnerable um, on some we're level all on some level yeah so it, it, it's kind of what it is well we are at time thank you so much I'm sorry I couldn't get to everyone's comments but please continue the conversation um, I definitely want to make sure I shout out and thank uh Johnny and Alvin for holding it down on the production side. We have new cameras, new computer. <laughs> We're looking a little glitzy today. So if you see our pores and our blemishes, please forgive us. Yeah, David's been trying to shimmy uh, in his... Uh, show, us, show us the shirt. Oh, wait, let me show, show you all the shirt. shirt. Monty so, Wolf is going to go crazy. Shout out to Monty Wolf. Brave Soul Collective. And, sh and shout out to Tim M. West. <laughs> Brave Soul Collective. This is one T-shirt that I have not seen replicated in a very long time. And when I wear this out, of course, you better believe the amount of stares that I get. But I wear it proudly. I've had it probably for about 
13, 14 Why years now. Stuff? It's been long, so I keep, I keep my stuff. But Monty and Timim, I love this shirt. I cherish it. It was way ahead of its time. And it's held up really well despite it multiple washings. Because well. look at the colors. <laughs> they look phenomenal. So black men loving black men right on here. Brave Soul Collective. Brave Soul. Please follow us on uh, online. Uh, join our email list at thecounternarrative.org. Please, please, please like this video so I see a number of viewers watching. Please stop what you're doing and please, please, please like this video immediately. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe as well. Um, and, you know, as always, join our Facebook. Uh, we're at Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Building Desire. So absolutely stay connected to the counter narrative universe. Um, what's our next topic, Johnny? Yep. Or Alvin? I put him on the spot. I think our next topic is we, the... We were supposed to do testicular cancer we'll today, testicular cancer. but this came up, which obviously was yeah. more important. Plus, I had to secure a rubber uh, version of testicles or scrotum so that we could demonstrate because we may have some limitations with doing a live version of a testicular exam on YouTube. I wouldn't let David do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what it came down to. So in Australia, they can do it. But in the United States, we're under a, a little bit of different restrictions. So we can't do that. But are we going to do testicular cancer next week? Or should we do something else? I was kind of thinking we should because I think our next topic was going to be um, does food impact how your semen tastes. Okay. So that's going to be the next topic. How, does food impact how your semen tastes? So if you have thoughts about that topic please let us know if you if there are questions you want us to make sure that we that we that we address um did we confirm our the panelists the third panelists for that show <laughs> so it'll be michael ward and uh daddy rob daddy rob so it's gonna be michael ward and um and rodney braddock they're gonna be joining us um for the show hey fellas so thank y'all so much uh you know we love you so much thank you for just your support and, and just um, hanging out there. And also, again, don't forget your homework assignment is to tweet to Don Lemon, Don Lemon. and ask him why he's not talking about this. So please make sure you do that. And with that, we will see you in two. So we're not going to be on next Wednesday. So we're off next Wednesday, but we're going to um, get, we're going to see y'all again um, the following Wednesday. So stay posted. Love you guys. Love you guys. Take care.